Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hey folks, and welcome to another edition of Dog Walk Talk presented to you by Dogs HQ. As always, I'm your host, Jake Roos, and with me as always, the man himself, Palmer Toms, PT. What's up, buddy? Doing well, happy to be done with the semester and with finals and ready to roll into bowl season. Had the, uh, you know, we'll have signing day here before too long. We'll talk to Kirby on Wednesday, a nice little break from, uh, you know, from a little bit of action. You know, it it wasn't, wasn't too uneventful. Uh, You know, certainly the Dan Lanning news, which I know we'll get to, you know, stole the, uh, headlines last week but uh you know and that was a saga quite the saga that it was uh but you know just excited to get back into things here uh you know first time that we're recording in what a week yeah it is it's been a little bit of a layoff for us and uh we waited to do this one kind of a little bit later than we normally do um just to kind of squeeze a couple things in there and primarily signing day um we'll get to all of that for sure um but yeah uh you know a little bit of that um I guess post SEC championship doldrum uh, we're kind of in right now. I mean, obviously you've got signing day on the horizon, um, but let's call it what it is. Georgia's got most of their hay in the barn. Um, we're watching a few names, obviously going into Wednesday. Um, but like you said, I guess the big news that we got to get to first, in my opinion, anyway, is uh, that of the departure of Dan Lanning um, or soon to be departure, I guess you could say. He is in Oregon as we are recording this. Um, but Georgia's defensive coordinator, Dan Lanning, 
accepts the job, the head job with the Oregon Ducks. Um, kind of what that was that started on Friday, Thursday, Friday, Friday. Friday. Um, and then kind of continued on, uh, then Saturday, it kind of all really kind of, uh, uh, coalesced, uh, or no, that was, yeah, that was, that was Saturday, wasn't it? Friday, yeah, Saturday. Kind of all comes together and, uh, sure enough, um, you know, it, it's, it's all true. Hey, shout out to Chip Towers of the AJC. Uh, just wanted to, to give him props because he caught a lot of shit, um, over on, uh, uh Twitter for, for that scoop. Um, and it's like, I told you, I I thought I would be surprised if he swung and missed that hard. Uh, that would have been a a shock to me. Um, I guess Palmer, let's just start off with your reactions. Uh, we'll come back to me on it. Um, but Dan Lanning, uh, been a crucial part. I think that's fair to say, um, your feelings on this departure, I guess let's hit it from both sides, uh, first for Oregon. And then, uh, you know, how does this affect Georgia? Yeah, I guess if, if you're Oregon, the fact that you're bringing in a 35-year-old head coach um, in, in a first-time head coach is, is a little bit scary. Um, you know, absolutely reason to be scared. Somebody that, that doesn't have head coaching experience coming into what I think Oregon fans want to believe is a national powerhouse. I mean, a, a program that's consistently in the top 25, top 15, top 10, uh, you know, obviously doesn't have a national championship uh, to its namesake, but I think, you know, in terms of competing uh, at a big power five level, uh, Oregon has been up there and, and certainly in, in the two thousands, um, you know, w- was up there. Uh, so I think, you know, if, if you look at this hire from their perspective, it's, it's risky. Uh, but I think that what you're getting in Dan Lanning, uh, you know, coming from somebody who's covered him for the last four years, um, his entire, the entirety of his time at Georgia, uh, you know, the, the promotion of from just an outside linebackers coach to defensive coordinator when Mel Tucker left um, and, and the way that he has run that defense for the last three years. I think that you're getting somebody who really cares, um, who's really going to go out and, and attack things. Um, you know, I think that he's obviously he's he's had opportunities, um, I would imagine, but he's kind of waited for the right one. And and, uh, you know, I think that this is somebody that players really seem to, uh, you know, enjoy being around. Like I said, a young guy, 35, uh, will turn 36 here in April. Um, and I think that, you know, if, if you're looking at it from that perspective, if you're Oregon, you know, obviously they've had a couple of coaches come and, and go pretty quickly. Uh, you know, Cristobal being the latest after three years to Miami. Uh, I don't think that you're going to have to worry about that with Dan Lanning, right? At least for now. Um, you know, it's not like his, his alma mater uh, of William Jewell is, is any sort of powerhouse in football. Uh, I think that he's, uh, you know, he, he's excited about this opportunity, uh, you know, opportunity to be a head coach. And certainly will be interesting to see, uh, you know, Dan Lanning on the opposite sideline for that opening kickoff next year against Georgia. Funny how that one worked out. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be really odd to be honest with you to, to see things kind of start like that. And um, you know, I, I, I don't know. That's just going to, especially, that's... especially if they end the way that Georgia fans want it to end this year, sure. uh, you know, in the celebrations that'll ensue. Um, I, I think, like you said, it'll be really odd to see him on that opposite sideline because, because he has been a fixture of this Georgia program for four years now. Yeah. And 
you know, uh, Kirby Smart kind of coming out with that statement afterward and basically says, you know, for the bowl game, uh, co-defensive coordinators will be Glenn Schumann and Will Muschamp for this game. Is, makes- is, is that how you took it? See, I see. I didn't take it as a definitive of this is what's happening for sure moving forward. I, I didn't take it. Interesting. As, yeah, I, I did. I, I took it the other way. I took it as Lanning will still be the defensive coordinator for this game, and moving forward, you will have defensive coordinate co-defensive coordinators. Uh, you know, Schumann and and Muschamp. That's how I took it. Yeah. No. See, but, I, but others have taken it other ways. Like you said, that, that Lanning would focus just on the outside linebackers. But to me, I think if, if the, the purpose of keeping him around for this game is because he is that face of this defense. He's the one that calls the defense. He's the one that, that has been – and, uh, I mean – Let's let's be honest. Kirby Smart is the face of this defense. Kirby well, Smart he, is the one he, that, that. But he shares he shares some of that duty with Glenn Schumann as well. I agree. They, I agree. And, and I think that there's probably more pressure on Glenn Schumann in the preparation for this game, given the fact that you know Georgia is probably practicing you know for Michigan this week ahead of National Signing Day, and Dan Lanning isn't in, in Athens. So there's definitely more pressure on Schumann there. But I, to me, I still think that Dan Lanning wears that defensive coordinator's cap on on. December 31st. That's, that's how I took it. Did you take it the other way? I did. Yeah, I, t- I, I totally did. Um, at my real, uh, for me, that wasn't even a question. I, I thought that that was, to me, that felt kind of clear uh, personally um, that I didn't even consider what you were saying, that, that that would be what they were doing moving forward. I took it to mean that for this game and throughout the playoffs, it will be Will Muschamp and Glenn Schumann handling co-DC um, co-DC responsibilities and Dan Lanning will be there and to me that makes a lot of sense in the sense that I mean quite frankly Dan Lanning's got to be doing some work for Oregon behind the scenes he has to be that's part of his job now I mean that is his technically it is his job now so he's got to be building a staff he's got to be you know figuring out recruiting there's got to be uh i mean there's a thousand thousand things you have to do if you're going to take over a program like he is and especially one with the expectations that a program like oregon has and so i think kirby probably to some degree um is understanding of that and probably i mean he did it right right I mean, so I, I think that that's anyway, that's my impression. Um, we'll see how that, I guess, ends up playing itself out. Maybe Kirby will give us some clarification on that on Wednesday as to exactly how that's all going to play itself out. But from my perspective, um, Oregon, Oregon and Dan Lanning, I think a very good marriage, uh, a very and, and, well good in the sense that he's young and enthusiastic and a guy who is well-versed uh, in defenses and sought after and, and, you know, um, produced a, an elite unit this year. And, you know, those are, those are strong indicators. He's got to find an offensive guy uh, for this because it is the PAC 12. And uh, I mean, I guess you could go into the PAC 12 with George's model, um, but you better be able to score 50 and 60 points uh, to keep up with everybody else. So you can't do it solely based on defense. I think I'm sure he knows that. I think he understands that as well. Um, but, you know, from a, from an enthusiasm standpoint, I think it's really great. And, you know, flipping the flipping it over, I guess, to the Georgia perspective, I, I just don't see a lot of um, I, I don't see a lot of fallout for Georgia from this. Um, 
you've got Will Muschamp waiting in the wings for a position. I mean, he had one on field this year. So I guess technically Scott Cochran's the guy waiting in the wings right now. Uh, he's just looking to get back onto the field. And so you've got the opportunity now to have both those guys on the field. I think that that's something Kirby would probably really value. Uh, you know, two very close friends of his, guys he knows really well. Um, and so I think that that's, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't see much of a hiccup uh, in terms of the Georgia train being able to continue to roll uh, with with Dan Lanning having moved on. I, I don't think that that's anything you got to be concerned about. I don't see I don't see a, a fall from that or anything of that nature. Um, you know, I think that he's been a pretty valuable recruiter for Georgia. I think he's done a great job there and been key. Um, you know, this class is kind of interesting. I don't know that it looks like maybe his best work uh, when it comes to the outside linebacker room. Um, but, you know, overall, I, I think I probably, I think he, we talked about this even during the season, not on here, but in just our personal conversations that, you know, I said, you know, if Lanning were to get a job somewhere else, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because I think you get a guy, you got a guy like Muschamp waiting there who's got tons of experience, tons of insight has been a defensive coordinator and probably one of the most revered defensive coordinators of the last uh, quarter century. Um, he's got great ties to Athens, seems really happy with where he is. His sons are involved in the program and he's an ace recruiter. So I don't know. It's a win-win in my, in my position. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you there. I think that, you know, like you said, from a recruiting perspective, Muschamp, there, there, it might be an advantage having Muschamp as I think, I think so. Guys, I mean, we saw it with, uh, with Singletary, mm -hmm. um, you know, how big of a factor he was there, uh, in, in that recruitment. Um, you know, I, I think that it, you know, I think you're right. I think that it's, it's a win win situation, uh, for Georgia. You know, obviously you, if, if you're Kirby smart, you would love to have Dan landing around, but I think maybe more so you want to have Will Muschamp on the field. Um, and, and it worked out this year um, that he was able to be on the field and, and, you know, it's looking like it'll probably work out next year that he'll be able to be on the field. Um, now it, it'll be interesting. You know, I think that you probably, uh, you know, you have to do a little bit of shifting around and, you know, maybe you have Glenn Schumann handle both the inside and outside linebackers and, and, you know, have continue to have uh, Muschamp working with secondary and special teams. Maybe you, um, you know, maybe you just plug him in and, and play him in that, uh, you know, outside linebacker defensive coordinator role um, it, and, and have Cochran take over the special teams, take back over the special teams. Um I think that there's there's a lot of moving pieces here, um, but I think that that's that's something that Kirby Smart will get worked out. I'm sure he probably has a plan in place already. Um, potentially has even announced that, whether we know that or not. Sure. It's, you know, it's all in the wording there, um, and, and and your interpretation of that wording. But to me, I think that you know it, it's a situation where you know. Like Kirby has said before, these these coaches come in, and Nick Saban has said this before, you know, in speaking about Kirby, we heard it ahead of that SEC championship game. These coaches come to these programs with expectations of being a head coach one day. They, they're not, you know, satisfied to just be in that coordinator role. At least most of them aren't. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, you know, any coach wants to be the guy, you know, in charge of it all um, and, and eventually wants to work their way up to that, whether that's from a position coach to a coordinator coach, 
uh, or from a coordinating role to, to a head coach position. Um, and so I think that for Dan Lanning, this is an exciting move for him, uh, you know, and, and exciting, something that Kirby Smart is probably, you know, little, uh, you know, it's a little bittersweet for him, I would say, because this is a guy that, that he brought into the program, essentially, uh, you know, worked with him at Alabama, decides to bring him over after he ended up at Memphis for a little while. Um, and I think that this is probably one of those situations where he's, you know, happy to see Dan Lanning, uh, you know, taking over a position like this, finally earning something, uh, you know, the, a, a well-earned, a well-hard-deserved, um, you know, kind of situation. Um, but at the same time, he's also probably pretty excited that he can, you know, continue to groom Glenn Schumann to be the coach that he actually brought over from Alabama to be initially, uh, you know, Schumann, the only coach remaining from that original staff, um, it, which I found pretty interesting, um, you know, uh, the, maybe, no. maybe the guys that he brought in. What about Dell? Maybe. Mm, yeah, you're right. I yeah. don't know. Right? <laughs> from, from the defensive side. Okay. From the defensive side. Yes. Yes. From the defensive side. That's what I meant. Yeah. Um, cause Trey Scott came in 17, right? Yeah. He was after rocker. Yeah. Yeah. From the defensive side. That's, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, I think that being able to continue to groom Glenn Schumann to be a coordinator and maybe even be a head coach one day, I think that's probably something that Kirby he's kind of been Kirby's little project for a little while. Um, and, and I think that, you know, at the same time, being able to bring in one of his best friends, uh, you know, in, in Will Muschamp being able to have him as a, as another great defensive mind in, in that room. Um, you know, I think that that's been advantageous for Georgia this year and will continue to be. So um, now it's just going to be interesting to see whether they, they gets the full band back together and brings in uh brings in Mike Bobo as an offensive analyst. It's similar to how he did with, uh, with Muschamp this past season as a defensive analyst. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, yeah, to me, that seems like a slam dunk to happen. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that from like inside knowledge or anything, but it just feels like the, all the stars have aligned and, and they're going to get the band back together. But, um, you know, I, and to me, I, you see people who I, I saw some people who said, oh, you know, well, if Lanning was out shopping for another job, then we don't want him here. We want you to be all in. I mean, the fact of the matter is, as with you, the fact that you want your I mean, you want your recruits to come to your program and really be here for three years and go to the NFL and be drafted in the first round, okay? You want the same thing for your, your assistant coaches. You want them to come to your program, train under you, and then go get power five jobs, especially high-level ones like a, a job like Oregon. That is how you attract more and better coaches. That's just the, the science of it. That's what Nick Saban, I mean, it's the Nick Saban model. We've seen it time and time again. Kirby's doing it again, right? And that's starting response. to build his own coaching tree. Exactly. I mean, yes. I mean now now oh, he's awesome. he he's got four, you know, college head coaches all uh, at the power five level with with Shane Beamer at at South Carolina, 
uh, Mel Tucker up at Michigan State, Sam Pittman in uh, in Fayetteville, and now you know Dan Lanning out in Eugene. Interesting that of those after the opening game next year, Mel Tucker is, remains the only one that he hasn't played. Yeah, that is weird. That is that is really weird, actually. Um, but I do think it's you know I, I I caution people who say things like that you know about like oh yeah you know you're, you're either all in or you're all out you want your guys to be getting better jobs you want them to be climbing the ladder you want them to succeed and you want to see them do better and that's just the nature of the business and like I said that's there's a reason there's a reason that guys like um you know Butch Jones and Bill O'Brien and you know these all these these guys Lane Kiffin uh, go to Alabama to kind of get that 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 coaching rehab. Steve Sarkeesian. Steve Sarkeesian, exactly. Yeah, I mean, those guys go there uh, because they know that it's a, a springboard to something bigger. And so you're able to collect all these great minds as a result. And uh, George has done a really good job with that. I mean, from Mel Tucker, you know, back then you had uh, Jay Johnson on the staff, who's now Mel Tucker's OC up there at Michigan State. Um, you know, right now you got Buster Faulkner on the staff as an offensive analyst, who's a guy who's, I, in my opinion, somebody that if I were Dan Lanning, I would look at taking uh, and putting on an offensive staff in Eugene. Um, you know, I'm sure Kirby wouldn't want to see that, but I, you know, that's the nature of the business, like I said. So overall, uh, good move by Dan Lanning. Uh, congratulations to him. Well-deserved and well-earned, in my opinion. And also, no real downside for Georgia either. I think Georgia's going to be just fine, and the beast keeps feeding itself. Um, that being said, uh, we've talked a lot about uh, guys matriculating elsewhere. And, um, you know, we've got a lot of guys about to matriculate from the high school ranks into the uh, college ranks, as it were. Georgia heading into early signing day as, as of this writing uh, or this recording, I guess it were. Um, Georgia's sitting at number three um, per the on three rankings and really, really tight race up top. Um, really tight between them. Texas A&M currently ahead of them. Alabama number one in the nation right now, uh, but separated by fractional amounts of points. And so uh, a tight race here. I think it's anybody's ball game and it won't be finished until February. So uh, we don't really even have to worry about that. But a lot of meat left on the bone, I guess, for some of these teams. Georgia, in my opinion, just not one of them. Um, now, that's not to say the dogs don't have some impact makers still out there and uh, that they're waiting to hear from. But I don't see a situation where you're waiting on, you know, you're not like some of these teams waiting on 10, 12 guys. I mean, Clemson, I think I read today, is sitting at like 13 or 14 commits. Uh, Georgia currently sitting at uh, 24. So that kind of seems unbelievable, um, given that we're used to the 25 being the hard number. But, you know, I think that uh, those are – those are what they are, and and uh, we'll be watching that all going into signing day. I guess, Palmer, um, any names that you'll be watching in particular? I mean, obviously, I got mine. I'm the recruited guy, right? So I have to. But uh, you're the team guy. Who are you paying attention to? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of the same names that you'll be watching. Um, I just... would hope so. I told you <laughs> to watch them. <laughs> just in terms of, uh, you know, just some positions of need for Georgia. I think that you've got to be looking at the secondary. Um, Kamari Wilson is, is certainly a name there. Um, 
uh, you've got Dalen Everett, um, you know, another one, um, you know, that was, that was a recruitment that the Georgia fans were following pretty closely um, there during the summer when he was, when he was announcing his commitment and and doing all these visits and stuff. Um, I I think that, you know, in terms of going back to that coaching carousel idea, kind of tangentially related, I think the fact that you're seeing these coaches go places has, is having an effect on recruiting, um, you know, it, with the departure of Brent Venables to Oklahoma, you are seeing several of those Clemson defensive commits decommit. Uh, and now those are names that are back on the market. Um, so I, I think that that's a name to watch. Um, Kamari Wilson, like I said, another name to watch a, a guy who Georgia had been, you know, leading for at least on the outside looking in, uh, you know, was, was the leader there for a little while, um, and I think that, you know, when, when you look at the connection between the recruiting and the team where Georgia is going to probably lose the most is in the secondary, which is kind of crazy to think about considering that's where they lost the most last year as well. Um, but you know, you're going to be seeing some guys leave and, and regardless of whether they leave or not, you want to sure up that secondary, um, with, with the fact that, you know, that's, that's how college football games are won and lost today. You've got to be able to defend against the pass. Um, and, and, you know, then on the flip side of things, be able to go out and, and, you know, do it yourself. So I think that some of those wide receivers, um, are certainly ones to watch as well. Um, you know, I, I think that on, on the, defensive front seven it's been a strength for georgia on the field it's a strength for georgia in this recruiting class you kind of have those skill positions figured out um you know in terms of quarterback running back wide receiver uh tight end um offensive line certainly some areas to watch there as well although this isn't as strong of a class as as some of the past ones have been and georgia's brought in some really strong ones uh in those past classes so I, i think that for me um the, the biggest area of need, and we've said this several times, the biggest area of need for Georgia is in the secondary, and that's the biggest area that I would watch. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I think that, um, you know, to me, it feels like they've got a lot of that sutured up, though. Um, and so I, I think that, yes, it would be great to add Kamari Wilson and a guy like Dalen Everett. And, and I feel good about their chances with Wilson as well. Um, mentioned that yesterday. But I think that, um, you know, Everett, feels like a little bit of a toss up to me personally. Um, you know, that, that, that seems like a really tight race with Alabama. I know that this is not going to comfort anybody to hear, but Alabama is, I I feel like unsurprisingly gaining a lot of steam in the days right here ahead of national signing day. And it feels like a situation where they could potentially take some guys that Georgia's looking at, or, you know, some guys that Georgia has had some buzz around now, one guy that I think will be very interesting to watch and could really shape things just because of how highly rated he is, is Marvin Jones. And, um, you know, I, I put out some Intel basically saying, uh, you know, what I heard on that was, was positive. Um, but I don't get the sense that this kid has made any sort of decision or made his mind up. Uh, my pick for him is FSU. I think that the legacy factor will win out there, but man, Georgia, from the from the standpoint of available playing time, Georgia and LSU or Georgia and FSU probably pretty neck and neck in my opinion for a kid of that caliber. Uh, you know, I think that he would have a chance to see the field early in Athens as well. Um, but I just got this sneaking suspicion in the back of my mind that he's just going to wake up and think, "Yeah, 
I'll just go to Alabama. What am I? What am I doing here? Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't be the wouldn't be the first right, one, to do right? That. We've seen that. We've seen that before, right? Um, and 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 probably wouldn't be the only one in this in this signing class. I no, mean, definitely. there's several guys that that are you know Georgia, Alabama, and, and maybe another school in there. Um, you know, in terms Georgia, of their, look, Georgia's. I'll 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 name you a couple. Dalen Everett, like we said, Dalen Everett, probably a Georgia Alabama battle. Uh, Shamar James down to Georgia, Alabama battle. Don't have a feel on that one. I'll tell you this. I think everybody knows it. No secret, right? Hard to pull a kid out of Alabama if Alabama wants him. Georgia's done it a couple times, probably with a better track record than just about anybody in the nation, if we're being honest. But it's tough. It's really, really hard to do that. Alabama wants that kid. I get it. He was in Athens this past weekend. I'm not ready to call the the, the race at all, um, but he, he's one to watch. And then the other one I think is Ernest Green. Um, I think that that one ends up boiling down to a, a Georgia and Alabama battle in the end. And I again, it's that one's been so Georgia heavy. And he was at the SEC championship, and you got to wonder how does seeing something like that in person sort of impact the kids views and 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 i'm i'm very quick to caution people as well to say um you know i don't think a lot of these kids make decisions based on wins and losses but i think that what you saw that day was um i mean a pretty dominant performance right and so if you if you're if, if, if it's coming down to a win and a loss well alabama's got the got the edge there um, and I, I think that that was probably pretty impactful for him. So, um, you know, Georgia's going to get their fair share. Uh, you know, like I said, I feel good about Kamari Wilson, for example. Um, you know, I think that it's a situation where they're in it with Marvin Jones, um, I, which is, which is, yeah, you know, it's like that old poker saying, it's a chip in a chair. You want to just be able to hang around. And if you can hang around then you got a shot, um, Kristen Miller's one they're going to have to to keep fighting for. It sounds like, um, you know, I, I'm uh, a little bit surprised by that. But it sounds like Ohio State has has kind of, um, you know, really, I guess, over the last couple of months, uh, been working that one really, really heavily, and uh, rightfully so. And 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 they've been on him um, consistently. Uh, but you know, Georgia has had an edge there for a long time. Um, got the teammates committed. You know, I, I think that there's just a lot for Georgia to offer. Got the friend committed in Michael. Yeah, right, right. So, um, you know, I don't know. Will it be anticlimactic for Georgia? I'm not willing to go that far yet. Um, will it be sunshine and rainbows and sprinkles? Uh, probably not is my feeling, um, if I'm just being honest with you. And, and to be honest, too, there's probably a name out there that nobody's talking about. There usually is. There's probably some, you know – four-star kid from Senegal who's been playing wide receiver for one year, but he's, you know, six, seven and runs four, two. And, you know, he's the signing day surprise and they go find a kid like that. And also you have to consider the fact that Georgia is keeping spots open for the transfer portal. And uh, rightfully so. I, I think that they can use some uh, experience help at a couple of positions and uh, boy, wouldn't it be something if Tank Bigsby went and hit that portal uh, and then you had Zach Evans and Tank Bigsby back at it again, man. Just uh, just transporting me back about three years in in time. And uh, God, I hope it doesn't happen that way. But <laughs> um, you know, who knows, man? I, I, I think the other thing that you've got to keep in mind with this is, and you know, where it might seem 
maybe like there's not as much of a climax on, on signing day as, as there has been in the past. Let's not forget the run that Georgia was on there a couple weeks ago in, in November. Um, you know, th- because of that, Georgia is in a great position where they are today, uh, you know, and, and heading into Wednesday where they're probably not going to end up, you know, needing all these signing day commitments to end up near or at the top. Um, you know, th- they're going to need a couple, and th- those are the couple of guys that decided to wait. And I think those were, have been names that you've been watching all along. Uh, but in terms of the commitments that they've gotten and, and the signees that they're expecting, um, you know, I, I think that overall it's a really good class. Um, and I know we'll break it down even more, um, you know, coming out of signing day and stuff, but you know, there, there's a couple players that really excite me in this class in terms of the way that they can, uh, you know, potentially, help out on the team side of things, um, you know, immediately uh, with some playing time available. Um, I think that, you know, this, again, I go back to that secondary. There's a lot of guys in that secondary that excite me uh, in terms of their ability. Um, you know, a, a guy like Malachi Starks, for example, um, you know, local kid to the Athens area. So I've seen him play a couple of times, uh, but, you know, I think that when you're looking at for where Georgia's weakness has been, it's probably been at that star position. Uh, And I think that he is somebody that has that ability where he could be a perfect star. Um, You know, the, the whole debate all along has been, is he a linebacker? Is he a safety? Is he a coverage guy? Well, that's what a star is. It's, it's somebody that can do a little bit of both. And, and I know, I know Georgia fans probably would love to see, you know, probably an extra corner in there at star. And maybe that's where a guy like Kamari Wilson comes in. Obviously he's a safety, but you know, could, could be that hybrid guy, um, you know, coverage. Oh, guy. See to me, Kamari, to me, Kamari is your, he's your scene. He's, he's your, he's your perfect transition from Lewis scene. I think that he's a very similar player, similarly long, maybe even a little bit longer. Um, and a guy who is a willing striker, an emotional leader on the field. I think he makes a lot of sense there. I do like your Malachi as the star position. I think that makes a lot of sense though. Well, and I'll, I'll admit, you know, I'm using these next couple of days to, uh, to catch up on some film of these guys that some of them that I haven't seen, uh, you know, they're seeing your highlights and stuff, um, you know, just, just to, you know, start brainstorming how I think that they might uh, start to fit into the, the picture of Georgia's team narrative uh, here over the next couple of uh, days and weeks and years for these guys. Sure. And, you know, I mean, like you said, they've got, they've got a lot of, there's a lot of potential in this class. I mean, uh, regardless of how it finishes personally, yeah. I think, I think you could shut it down today and you should be, you would be um, top five, probably a top five class in the country still. Oh, no question. Yeah. You're going to finish. Let's let's say they didn't sign another soul. Sure. It's probably still a top five class in the country, which puts you up there in that upper echelon of, you know, having enough guys where you can go compete for a college football playoff. And and like you said, um, you know, using that poker reference, all you need is a chip and a seat, uh, you know, chip and a chair to, to be, in in that conversation and and georgia you know while they may not be the number one team going into the playoffs right now 
while there, there, there's a lot of people down on them and about their ability uh, to hang with a team like Alabama, they've got that chip in a chair. And I think that it's because of signing classes like this one um, may not end up being number one, but it's guys that you can develop guys that, you know, you can count on to play, uh, you know, and perform. And, and, you know, because of signing classes like this, you're seeing performances and results on the field uh, like you saw this season. I agree completely. And the fact of the matter is as well, if you were to shut it down today, it's not over because you still got the portal. And yeah. and Georgia well, and, has, and that's the new reality of college football. And Georgia's proven themselves to be masterful at work in the portal. They've they've done as good of a job of the portal as just about anybody, in my opinion, uh, in finding guys who can make an impact. And um, so, you know, it, you've I, I can promise you this: Kirby Smart's not gonna leave spots open. All right. If he's got available spots to spend, he's going to spend them and he's going to take as many kids as he can fit in and numbers be damned. We'll make them work. We'll figure it out. It's just, that's the, I mean, it's just, you know, damn the torpedoes. That's what it, that's his whole thing. He's, he's going to go for it. He's swinging for the fences each and every year when it comes to these additions. So I expect and, the and same. He loves it. He loves it. I mean, yeah. you can tell in talking to him, uh, about recruiting that he loves recruiting. He, he, he really enjoys going out and building these relationships, uh, getting in home with these kids and their parents and, and their mentors and stuff, talking to coaches, talking, you know, wa- watching ball on a Friday night. I th- think that's what gets Kirby Smart going. And I think that, uh, you know, that is, that's what has made him so successful early on in his head coaching career is the ability for him to go out and get these elite level talent uh, and, and, you know, develop them while they're at UGA and, and then, you know, go out and, and see the results on Saturdays. I think that, you know, like you said, that, that kind of damn the torpedoes attitude, that's, that's the way that Nick Saban has done it. And, and, and it's pretty clear who uh, Kirby Smart's following. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I feel like we were maybe very negative there about Georgia's signing day. But, and, but like I said, I don't mean to be. I just want to shoot people straight, right? I want to be realistic. I don't know that it's going to be um, quite the celebration that everyone hopes for. I really don't. Um, at the same time, I don't think that there's anything necessarily devastating about what's going to happen. I think that it's going to be fairly mild if I'm being totally honest with you. I don't, I think that there exists the potential for a surprise out there, maybe. Um, but you're probably going to go, I'd say, on the names that you're waiting on. I, I'll say, I don't know. 50-50, maybe, uh, you know, 65-45, something like that. Or that's, that's 110. Don't do that. Um, 65 If there's one thing we've learned on this show, it's to not try and do quick math. <laughs> yeah, so. We're, we're journalists, not mathematicians. Anyway, uh, you know, I, 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 I tell people to, if you don't trust these guys to bring in the right people, then you shouldn't trust them to run your program. So that's that. Um. We will come back to you on Dog Walk Talk. Uh, I'm expecting probably Thursday is when we'll have our next episode, Friday at the latest, but look for it on Thursday. Um, We'll do a full recap on uh, early signing day, kind of our quick reactions to it, how it all kind of played out, who you can expect to be impact makers, all that good stuff. We'll have a full look at that. Plus, we'll be able to review Kirby Smart's comments as we get to meet with him for the first time since, uh, what, Selection Sunday, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, since Selection Sunday. All right, cool. First, so first, probably the first time meeting with him. It'll be the first time meeting with him 
you know, just the UGA group since, uh, since the SEC championship game. Um, you know, we talked to him after that, talked to him on selection Sunday, but she had some Michigan folk in there as well. Um, so I think that there's, there's certainly going to be some playoff talk. There's going to be a lot of talk about these recruiting classes and, and the kids that they're signing. Um, so yeah, I think that it's, it's certainly an exciting time. Like I said, uh, you know, last week it was a little bit of a lull and, and I'm excited to uh, get back into the thick of things here before too long with, with signing day and, and playoffs coming up before you know it. No question. That'll be here with a quickness. Um, but Hey, let's get through signing day first, right? <laughs> and then we can breathe a little. Let's get through today first, Jake. Hey, that's, you just summed up my whole life philosophy, Palmer. All right, uh, folks. That's it for this edition of Dog Walk Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. Get over to Dogs HQ where you can find all the scoop, all the in-depth look, all the insider info on all of the things that we covered today. We've got you covered from wall to wall on all of that, and we will do that again for National Signing Day for sure. Uh, For Palmer Toms and myself, Jake Roos, this has been Dog Walk Talk, presented to you by Dogs HQ. Take care. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.